This episode is brought to you by Abbott. Hi, Mike Gibson and Ken Oreo coming to you live on the first day here from TCT 2019 in beautiful sunny San Francisco. Ken, I used to live out here and I have to say end of September, beginning of October is some of the nicest time in San Francisco. Otherwise, I always say like Mark Twain, the coldest winter I ever spent was a summer in San Francisco. San Francisco. So it's a very yeah. nice way to kick off things here. We're talking today about lower extremity revascularization with drug-coated balloons, the Vaunt series of studies. Talk to us about the five-year follow-up. Sure. Well, we had a chance to put the five-year follow-up together, actually, aggregating studies which hadn't been done before. And when you aggregated the Levant 1, Levant 2, Levant J uh, Japan trials, we got more data than anyone had seen before. Mm -hmm. With some fancy statistics, putting things together to make sure we were getting rid of bias, and, um, and we got some pretty interesting results. What did you find? Well, we found that some of the mortality signals that we saw with one trial alone, which right. were actually seen in other trials, the more data you put together, the mm -hmm. signal didn't get stronger, it got weaker. Sure. Which made us think that this was not something that was uh, related to paclitaxel itself. Uh, no causation, certainly association, but it made us feel better and the clinicians feel better about continuing to use drug-coated balloons. Maybe you can update us on the current recommendations from the FDA regarding paclitaxel in the lower extremities. Sure, so if I could summarize really three letters that we've seen since, oh, the first quarter of 2019, I think the last letter was probably the one that was of most value to a clinicians, and while it did not um, completely vindicate paclitaxel, and it uh, mentioned that other alternatives should be considered. I think it was a little lighter than the previous letters. Mm -hmm. And as mm -hmm. more data accrued, as FDA had the, uh, the chance to look at more data, I think they lessened, didn't go away, but they right. lessened some of the... Um, <clears throat> they still use the word association, uh, but they don't, they stay a little bit away from causality in their communication. Yeah, I, yes. think, I think you have to. And that was the message mm -hmm. that, um, that I was part of and had the privilege of presenting at the panel. Sure. And really the whole message was, yes, association, no evidence for causation. So how has the community digested this? How are people practicing now? How has it changed practice? Well, it, it's been tough, you know, and I saw it, um, I watched it unfold during the first quarter of 2019, and people were really afraid, as I would, uh, to use a, um, to use a device that might have some mortality concerns, particularly when you were treating someone for maybe claudication alone. Right. But I think as the data came out, people became more comfortable. It's certainly not at the level that it was in terms of use back in 2018, mm -hmm. but I think it's come back a little bit. At, that, at least that's what we've seen in polling uh, some of the interventionalists. What's the path forward? Are there going to be any additional trials looking at this? Where are we in terms of the evidence chain and moving ahead? Uh, you know, I wish I knew. Mm -hmm. So there have been a lot of presentations here, some by FDA, and really there is not a clear path forward, at least in my mind. Mm -hmm. Clearly we need more data, we need better studies, longer follow-up, we need 
and more better complete follow-up. Follow -up. Yeah, yeah, more complete follow-up. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Ken, thank you for sharing with us, and thanks for coming to TCT 2019. My pleasure. And thanks to all of you for joining us here live on the first day of TCT 2019.